Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Spirit lead and guide, speak to our hearts, Lord, and change us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap for the Lord as you take your seats? That was a poor clap for the Lord. Wonderful. Amen. Wonderful. All right. Well, we are in the last week of our Feeding 527. The last week of our Feeding 527. And um, this book has really been a blessing to me. I am not sure about you, but um, I have been blessed as we are sharing from this book. Are you blessed from... I think um, those of you who have been coming consistently and you've been sharing with us. I think um, a lot has been imparted unto you, you know, from our Sunday services to our weekday services. A lot has been imparted. And, I mean, I always say that people who, I mean, Lighthouse members, there is so much that has been imparted unto you. You know, you have received so much. You know, God has blessed us with an anointed father full of wisdom. And by the grace of God, the anointing transcends and it descends and it is overflowing and it's getting to us also. And so there is so much that has been imparted into your lives. And I think much will be required of you. I mean, if you are a member of this church, if you are a member of this church, you, your level of thinking and your level of understanding, your wisdom should be much, much higher than people of your age group or, you, or even your colleagues, your way of thinking and your way of doing things must be completely different from them. Because a lot of knowledge has been imparted unto you you know, um, any of the messages that you pick from this church is just full of wisdom and very anointed messages. And as usual, I'm always encouraging you, listen to the bishop. How many of you have listened to Wisdom 14? Very powerful, very powerful message. A message that every woman should listen to. And don't be angry with the message. Amen. Take it and let it make you wise. Amen. Amen. Let it make you wise. As I was sharing with you the last time, I was completely naive about women, a lot of things, you know. 
And uh, when I look back at how I used to think of women, I feel very embarrassed. You know, they didn't know that women very, very complex. Very, very, very complex. Very complex. You need a lot of wisdom, you know, to dwell with them. Amen. Need a lot of wisdom. Hallelujah. And um, those of you who have been coming for weekday services, you know, God will bless you. Amen. You know, God will really, really bless you. You know, I was reading a scripture today in uh, Deuteronomy 28, and I think verse 25. Deuteronomy 28, verse 25. You know, and I said, um, God will bless us. You know, the word of God is true. Now, the word of God is true no matter where you are, no matter where you come from, whether, whether you believe it or you don't believe it. It is true. Okay? So I was reading this scripture. It says, the Lord shall cause thee to be... No, no. Um, I'm sorry. I think, it's, I think it's Exodus. Exodus. No. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12. Deuteronomy 28 verse 12. Two scriptures that bless me. I will share both of them with you. Deuteronomy 28 verse 12. It says, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season Amen. and to bless all the work of thine hand. Amen. I love this scripture. I love this scripture, Uncle Caesar. I love this scripture. It says, he will bless all the work of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many. You see, what is going to make you lend and not be a borrower? I see the column. It is the blessings of God upon your hand. He says, and he shall bless all the work of thine hand. That means everything you set your hand to do shall be blessed. Amen. That is why a Christian should not be afraid to handle, touch things, try things. Because God will bless it. Amen. Now that should also make you understand that, you see, one of the things that God really uses to bless us is the work of our hand. Do you understand? God cannot bless you if you are not doing anything. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So if you are there and you are just praying and believing that, you know, oh, God will just call someone to just come and dash you something. No, no, no. God does not encourage that. You see, all of his blessings, he says, he will bless the work of your hand. Do anything and he will bless it. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, do anything and he will bless it. And I believe that the Christian is set to be blessed. And if you find something to do with your hand, if you find work to do with your hand, it's a blessing already. And so no matter what it is, it is, you see, for someone to prosper, it is not your efforts. It is not what you do. It is not how much you do. But it is the blessing of God upon your hand. Amen. Amen. That is why you will find two people doing the same thing. But you see, one is doing very well. One is prosperous. And the other one is always borrowing. So he says, he will bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Oh, we work in places where you see people always borrowing. 
They're always borrowing. And you make the same money. But they are always coming to you to borrow. Have you not realized that? Yeah. Amen. Well, I think my second scripture is Exodus. Exodus, I think it's 20. Is it Exodus 25. Let me see. Let me find it for you. It blessed me today. And I realized that um, the blessings of God is what makes the difference. I think it's Exodus 25 and verse. I'll find that scripture for you because it blessed me really well. Exodus 25. Exodus 23 and verse 25. Exodus 23 verse 25. It says, And ye shall serve the Lord thy God, and he shall bless thy bread Amen. and thy water. Amen. He says, you shall serve the Lord thy God. Are you serving God? Yes. You shall serve the Lord thy God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. God will bless the bread that you eat and will bless the water that you drink. Amen. People are buying the same bread and buying the same water, but God will bless yours. And he says, and I will, as a result, he says, and I will take sicknesses away from the midst of thee. Amen. Amen. You are serving God and you are eating. You see, you are serving God and you are eating. And he's blessing you. May the Lord bless the bread that you eat. And bless the water that you eat. That sicknesses may not be found amongst you. Your food will be medicine to you because the Lord will bless your food. The Lord will bless the food that you cook to eat. The water that you drink, the, water, the Lord will bless it. That it shall be medicine to you. That when you drink the water, God will take sicknesses from amongst you. Amen. Oh, when I found the scripture, I said, oh, then I will eat and drink and I will be healthy. Amen. When you are not feeling well, eat and drink. And believe in this scripture. Write this scripture down. That when you are not, look, serve the Lord. You see, you need to know the scriptures. You don't need a prophet. You don't need someone to lay hands on you. You are sick. Just open Exodus 23 and verse 25 and find bread and water and eat. And you know that the sickness is gone. Amen. It's wonderful. We will serve. And he shall bless. We will serve. We will serve. We will serve. Hallelujah. That is why your, your, your presence here is not in vain. It is service to the Lord. You are serving God. You are coming here tonight in service to the Lord. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Well, so let's continue our message on the art of ministry. And we've been sharing from chapter 8 in our weekday services. How to increase your value. How to increase your value. 
And we said, number one, we've been sharing many ways how we can increase our value. We said, number one, what is it? You have your copy? You have your copy? Open your book and let us read it. Number one, what does it say? Your value increases when you can be sent. Number two? Your value increases when you can bring projects to a close. Any project you set your hand to do, you bring it to a close. You finalize it. It increases your value. Look, these things that we are teaching you, they are not only blessing you as a worker to work in the church, but it's supposed to bless you in your secular life also. So determine that you are not the person that starts a project and you don't finish. Any place where they start projects and they don't finish, they have no value. The land has no value. You go to a place and you see that you are selling your house and no one wants to buy it because there are so many uncompleted projects there. There's a country, they don't complete projects. And so there's no value in that land. Their money has no value. But there's another country where you see... I was riding with someone today, and then the person said, there are a lot of constructions all over the place. I said, but they will finish. They will finish. You watch that they will not stop until they finish. They will not leave here. Sometimes they're working day and night. They want to finish. But there's another country. They don't finish anything. And so there's no value in that country. Amen. Number three. Your value increases when you can accomplish tasks with speed. Speed. Accomplish tasks with speed. Amen. Amen. Accomplish tasks with speed. Your value increases that way. Accomplish tasks with speed. Number four. Your value increases with your ability to solve diverse problems. You are, you can solve different problems, diverse problems. You have the ability to do that. And it's problems, not problems. It's not problems. Amen. And it's not problems. Amen. Hallelujah. You increase your value when you can solve diverse problems. Amen. Number five. Your value is greater if you are involved in building a foundation. If you are involved in building a foundation, it is a great thing to be part of something that begins, something that is starting. It's a wonderful thing to be a part of. Number six, your value increases with your ability to keep secrets. Some of you cannot keep secrets. You can't keep secrets. Your friend tells you something and it's all over the place. You lose value as a friend. Amen. You lose value as a friend. Your friend confines something in you and the next time, this person is asking you about it. This one is asking you about it. You lose value like that. Amen. You have an opportunity to 
come to a man of God's house, and then everything. There are some people, they take photographs everywhere. And you begin to publicize it. Saying all sorts of things. You went to the man of God's house and eat the food they eat in their house. And so on and so forth. You can't keep secret. You lose value. You lose value like that. Amen. There are so many high top positions. You can't keep secret. You can never work there. Amen. It's not everything that is good for other people to hear. Do you understand? Especially if you are a leader, if you are a leader. You know, sometimes I tell some people, oh, maybe I'm going to this place, you know, I'm not going to be in church or something like that. And the next thing you hear, someone knows already. And you realize I didn't come to announce it. Do you see? Because there are some people, when they hear the pastor is not coming to church, they also take vacation. But you will never know that sometimes God is making way for some message to come to you. And so he brings even some travel in a pastor's way. So that some message will be delivered to you. That is why we don't announce when, oh, Reverend, why didn't you tell me you are not coming? You know? And sometimes people are angry that you didn't tell them you are not coming to church. Hey! Amen. Sometimes it's not even okay to tell your wife. If I called you alone and I told you, I could have called you and your wife. You know, there are some husbands, everything they have to tell their wives. It's not good. Everything. He says, he says, we are, the two shall be one. You know? Onko menkon. That kind of behavior. It's not a good thing. If I heard, you have heard. And then, and then you say, this one, it is you that I'm telling. Please, don't let anyone hear this from your mouth. You, your mouth, your mouth. As I'm telling you this, don't. You know your wife's mouth, and then you are telling her. You say, you, your mouth, your mouth, as I'm telling, I don't want to hear it from anyone. It's not a good thing. You lose your value like that. Some people also tell their beloved. Oh, yes. Sometimes you see some, some, sometimes some information get to certain people, you know, that I wonder how. Be careful. You see that? This person is not married. And, but some other person has heard the message. May the Lord forgive us. You see, be, be, listen, listen. Be careful of these things. You lose your value like that. You may belittle these things. But they are all considered in all things. You lose your value. You cannot be promoted. Amen. The next one, your value increases when you are good company. When you are good company. Your value increases when you are good company. You ought to be good company. Amen. Amen. The next one, 
Your value increases when you can relate well with outsiders. You need to know how to relate with outsiders. Now, outsiders are not only foreigners. Outsiders are sometimes people who are not in your home. Do you understand? Sometimes you are free. You can do all sorts of things with the people that are in your home. You can wear anything that you want. But with outsiders, you can't wear certain things. Do you understand? You can't wear certain... Sometimes you need to be very careful when you are relating to, with outsiders. Do you understand? Be conscious. Always be conscious when you are relating with outsiders. Be conscious of your environment. Be conscious of your, your, your own body. Amen. Last week we shared a lot of things. And I want you to listen to those things. They will help you. Amen. Your value increases when you can relate well with outsiders. And the next one, having a specialized ability increases your value. Having a specialized ability increases your value. Amen. When you have a special ability, it increases your value. Hallelujah. And you need to identify some special abilities in you. Some of you have very unique talents. Identify them and improve on them. It will increase your value. Amen. Amen. Some of you can sing. You have wonderful voices. And you need to improve upon. Sometimes you need to invest even on the voice that you have. Go and do some voice training. It will increase your value. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Look, and it may look as though you are just doing this to sing for the church. But you see, God will lift you up for that, even that mind. Because you see, you are, even if you are spending money to improve your voice, you are doing it, you, are not, you don't intend to go to Broadway and sing. You intend to improve it to sing to the Lord. And the Lord will bless you for that. Amen. Amen. There are some people in this church that I believe that when, if they invest in their voice, they will become very wonderful singers. Amen. Amen. I believe they know themselves. They become very, very wonderful. When they open their mouths, you will be amazed. The next one. Your value, you are valuable when you are, when you save the organization money. You are valuable when you save the organization money. That means when you have the ability to save any organization that you belong to, any group, such as the church, you can save money, you increase your value. You become valuable to the organization. You see, there are people who have the ability to serve, to help save money. They have that ability. They help save money. They negotiate on behalf of the organization as though they were negotiating for their own lives. You know, there are some people, when they are doing things for the church, it is as if it is their personal thing. You send them to go and buy something, they will be searching and searching, searching on the internet to find the highest quality thing and the least cost. He says they will negotiate on behalf of the organization as though they were negotiating for their own lives. Such people save lots of money for the ministry through their bargaining skills. Amen. Amen. Now when you do that, you see, 
you, are, you, 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 are, you have taken the, the house of God to heart. Do you understand? And he says that, you see, he says, people who make purchases and payments for the ministry are often not concerned about how much everything costs. There are people, when they are buying things for the church, or they are buying something for an organization, they don't care how much it costs. They go and they tell them, this will cost this much. And that's it. Meanwhile, if it is you, if it is the money is coming from you, you will not spend that much money. There are some people, even when you send them to organize something for the church or for an organization, they want to make money out of it. They want to make money out of it. You ask them, oh, can you make us maybe a pan of rice or something like that? And then they say, it will cost you, say, $60. And then they use their own products that they have at home that they wouldn't otherwise use. And then they pocket the $60. But there are some also, they say, you see, I'm not saying that everyone should do that. There are some also, they say, oh, you want me to make this? I have this, I have that. All I need is this. Just give me money to buy this. And I can make it. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is the difference. That is the difference. And you see, that is what that person would do for himself or herself if he or she was the one doing it. But there are some people, they don't care. They don't care. Something that can, you can use about $60 or $40 to make they say, I will need $200. You, can't even, you, are, you are not making money in the world. You are making it in the house of God. Such people who trade in the house of God and making money, Jesus will whip you with his cane. You decrease your value. You decrease your value. And there are some people also, they don't care how they handle. It's the same thing. You are not saving the organization money. They don't care how they handle the, 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 the church instruments and things. They'll be standing there and they'll pull the wire. If it is your house, you will not do that. He says, but there are some who care and try to get the best deal every time. Such people are priceless treasures to an organization. Other people view the opportunity to make a purchase on behalf of the organization as a chance to make some money for themselves. These are dangerous people who slowly undermine the ministry. Amen. There are some people, they always have a mind that the church is rich. They always have a mind that the church is rich. So every time... They, we are organizing something and even, you see, the church needs a lot of money for the work of the ministry. That is one thing that you have to understand. So, if you don't understand, I am trying to explain it to you that as much as the church can, it will save money for the work of the ministry. Do you understand? So, you see, if we are organizing something, you know, we want to break bread and, you know, it is to polish us, do you understand? And it's to make us happy, you know. And if we can contribute out of pocket to make that thing, we will do that rather than the money that we, you say, but we pay tight. We pay tight. Why don't we, why? 
this church, we pay tight. But every time you are collecting money, you are collecting money. Look, if you don't have the money, keep quiet. Keep quiet. Because the people who contribute, we can see in their life, they are prosperous. The people who are always willing to contribute, they don't lack. They never lack. Take it from me as a pastor. They never lack. They never lack. Some of you, it's not because you know that we pay tax. Some of you, you are just by nature chisel. You know what that means? By nature, by nature, it is your nature. You are cheap. You, 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 you are hard. I'm strong. You normally don't give. You know, so you hide under the umbrella of or under the cover of, but we pay tight. We will give every time. What should we pay tight? And when we need something, we also do this. There are some people that they pay tight, but they'll buy a computer for the church. There are some people they pay tight, they'll buy trumpets for the church. There are some people they pay tight, but they'll buy a microphone for the church. So if you cannot contribute, just keep quiet. Amen. Look, I am, I am giving you, I am, I am saving you from curses. If there is something that involves money ever in the church and you cannot afford to be a part of it, you cannot contribute, the best thing is, say, you know, I will let this one pass. You know, I, I will not be able to participate in this one. It is much, much better to do that. Amen. Than to talk about it and then talk to people and then organize people and talk to them and hey, this thing is too expensive. We are not doing it. We are not giving. We are not. Why is it always that they are they are always doing this? They are always doing that. Look, the ministry work is very expensive. It's very expensive. Do you know how much it costs me to be here to preach to you? Do you know how much? Do you, the other day, somebody was sharing with me, and he says, you know, he's, he's, he says his wife drives the car too much. You know, his wife is putting a lot of mileage on the car, and I and I said, like, how much? <laughs> how many miles? He says, for a year, she has put about ten thousand miles on the car. I mean, I'm just sharing something. He said, for over a year, she has put about ten thousand. I said, ten thousand miles, ten thousand. That's it. I say, every day that someone comes from home to church and back, do you know how many miles? Do you know how many miles? Every day and two, three times a week. Do you know how many miles? It is for the Lord. And we, are, we shall serve and he shall bless. I say, we shall serve and he shall bless. Amen. Let me tell you, whatever you are doing for the Lord, just you do it because the Lord will bless you. Amen. The Lord will bless you. Amen. Amen. Bishop was sharing a message. He says, every work that you do, you'll be blessed. Amen. Now, if that is the case, then how much more the work that you do for the Lord? So, as I was listening, I said, hey, then the work that we do for the Lord, I for the blessing. Amen. Amen. Look, your hard work will be blessed. Amen. The time that you spend doing the Lord's work, you'll be blessed. Amen. Amen. You'll be blessed. God will bless you. Amen. God will bless you. Amen. Do you know that there are some people your age, 
They eat the same things you eat. They do the same things you do. They are sick and dying right now. They are sick and they are dying. You have no idea. True or not true? Yes. You know, for confidentiality, we can say a lot of things. You know? HIPAA. You can say a lot of things. But there are people your age. You know, we can say certain things. You know? Yesterday, I was very sad. I was very sad. As I was talking to a particular, some family. They're talking to their children. I was, my heart went out to them. Looking at young people and this is their mother. You know? And they said she was fine. Nothing was wrong with her. They can't understand. They are going mad. They are going mad. But you will eat bread and you will drink water and God will bless your bread and he will bless your water and he shall take sicknesses from the midst of you. Amen. Your labor in the Lord is never in vain. Serve the Lord and he shall bless you. Amen. We shall serve. Yes. Amen. The next one, your value increases. Your value greatly, greatly increases when you can work without supervision. Your value greatly increases when you can work without supervision. Amen. Supervising people can be one of the most tiresome jobs. Amen. When you have to supervise people to do their work, it's one of the most tiresome jobs. It is very tiresome. It is very demanding when you have to supervise people. So having to constantly monitor what someone is doing is worrisome. That is to say the least. When you have to constantly monitor what someone is doing, it's very, it's worrisome. Amen. Amen. So if you always need supervision, if you always need supervision to do your work, you lose value. You lose value. If you always need supervision, we have to supervise when the work should be done, when it should be completed. You see, they have given it to you, but they have to send you reminders constantly. Five more days, four more days, three more days. You have two more days. You know, if somebody has to now remember to always remind you, it is very tiresome. Amen. So if I have the option of choosing between two people, one that I will need to supervise, and one that I don't need to supervise, who would you think I would choose? Of course. Because if I choose you that I need to supervise you all the time, it's double job. I might as well do my job. Do it myself. With you, I can travel. I can go on vacation. Do you see? I can go anywhere. I can rest. I have to be there. I can call in sick. If I am not there, it will not be done. So why do I have to keep you? You lose value like that. Amen. You lose value. Amen. So if you are someone that always needs supervision, they always have to supervise your work, you will lose value. Amen. You see, this is one of Bishop's churches. Do you understand? It's one of Bishop's many churches many branches. Now, if the bishop has to be in every one of the churches during service, how many branches do you think we can have? One. 
one. Do you understand? Or maybe very big and all of us are there. And then we will all be at work. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you see, when you, there is less supervision, you realize that there is increase. Your boss can have many branches. Your boss can have many other offices where he doesn't need to be there. So if he can find people that will be in the ministry or people who will be in, uh, on the job who will not need supervisors, it brings growth. It will bring growth. And so such people will be valuable to the boss. Amen. Anyone who needs less supervision increases his value. The less and less supervision you need, you will increase your value. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, that is the reason why your boss, now what do you think? Your boss, you, you, you do more work than your boss. But he makes more money than you. Do you see? Because you need supervision. When you need supervision, you have less value. You are the one who is tired. You are the one who is sweating. You are the one who is coming home very tired. You can't do anything. And your boss sits in an air-conditioned office and speaks on the phone. And every now and then he comes and then he looks at what you are doing and then he goes back to sit down, read newspapers, and he makes more money than you. Your value is less because you need supervision. You need su that is the difference. You have less value because you need supervision. Amen. And on the job, anyone who needs less and less supervision is the one that they promote. You are the one that they will choose to promote. The one that we have to constantly come and see what you are doing. Hey, you are late again. <laughs> this is your final warning. You know, if the next two weeks you are late again, it will not be easy. You know, and you try the two weeks, you are not late. Then after that, you pass that one. Then you say, ah, I escaped that one. So you make another late. You lose value like that. Amen. You lose value like that. If you are going to move from the cleaner to a manager, they want to see that you don't even need supervision as a cleaner. You don't need supervision as a cleaner. And then they are confident to make you a manager. Amen. Your value increases when you need no supervision. The next one, loyalty makes a person valuable. Loyalty makes a person valuable. Amen. Loyalty is more important than any qualification or skill. Loyalty is the most important thing. Amen. Amen. It is the most important thing. If you are working with people, the most important thing that you really want to have is to find people who are loyal. Amen. Amen. It says, any leader who does not value loyalty will live to discover the pain of treachery. You will just soon find out the pain of treachery. It says, a loyal person is far more valuable than educated but disloyal person. A loyal person is far more valuable than educated or this, and a disloyal person. I would rather 
find someone who does not have any skill, no experience, least educated and loyal to work with than to work with someone who is very educated, university graduate, but very disloyal. Amen. Look, hard working does not equal loyalty. Hard working does not equal loyalty. And a lot of times, leaders get deceived. You see someone who is going up and down, someone who is doing everything, someone who is working hard, and then you think that that person is loyal to you. Hard working does not equal loyalty. Amen. Yes. And that is how a lot of leaders base on to choose people. They choose leaders based on who is hard working. It's a deception. Amen. I say it's a deception. Loyalty is the most important thing. It's the most important thing that you can have to have that spirit of loyalty. Hallelujah. He says, when an employer does not know the value of loyalty, he often chooses people who are impressive, but interestingly disloyal. Hardworking people are usually very impressive. They are very impressive. You give them something, they will do it, but they are interestingly disloyal. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, after a while, these impressive people turn out to be painful choices. They turn out to be very painful choices when they impress you like that. Amen. He says, I have watched as ministers set aside faithful people and choose exciting people who have no loyalty. These people have not learned about the great value of loyalty. Hallelujah. They have not learned about the great value of loyalty. You see, when you have loyalty, it increases your value. Loyalty can make you bypass the people who you came to meet. Because of your loyalty, it will make you, be, they, will be, they will choose you and you bypass everyone that you came to meet. Because of loyalty. Look, it's a very great skill to have. It's a very good spirit to have. To have the spirit of loyalty. If you are in any place where you cannot be loyal, it is better that you don't stay that place. If you feel that the way this person is, I, I cannot be loyal to, or you find that you are loyal to another person more than the person that you are working for, it is best to leave that place. I am telling you. Amen. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody this evening? Hallelujah. He says that when such people, he says it is just with the passage of time that most people will prefer a loyal person to any other. Every worker has to choose between his loyalty to the boss and his loyalty to the rest of the workers. Amen. There are some people, you see, they are hardworking and they are so attractive. They are so attractive. Eventually, such people become overtly comfortable with what they are doing. Because of their hardworking, you like them and then you are giving them this, oh, do this, do that. You're giving them a lot of liberty. You're giving them a lot of freedom. You can do this, do that, do that. With time, they become overtly comfortable and as they continue on like that, eventually they become stubborn. 
They become very stubborn and they become disloyal. You can't get them to do anything that you want. You tell them, I want you to do A, B, C, and D. The person will reverse it and do E, C, D, Z from Z to wherever. I because, you see, they feel, oh, I will get it done. But you see, that is different. That is different. I want it done this way. It's different from, don't worry, I will get it done my way. Amen. Loyalty is a spirit that you have to pray for. That no matter what level you get to, you don't become disloyal. You see, because I have seen over the years that there are some people that they begin off very loyal. And one of the things also that make people very disloyal is when they happen to have a relationship with someone that they like. Do you see? They like someone and then their loyalty turns from the leader to that person. Bishop said, he says, I once told a new employee, you will either be liked by me or by the people. It's your choice. You are working with a leader, you are working with a boss, and you can make a choice whether to be liked by your boss or to be liked by the people. Sometimes you find someone that you are working with, but that person is also receiving instructions from elsewhere. He said, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. And then, oh, this person also told me that I, I should do this. And So who is your loyalty to? And who brings your promotion? Amen. There was once someone in the church that could have, in my, in my opinion and my assessment, that person should have been a pastor today. But you see, that person's loyalty turned away to someone that the person likes. And so, then you're, 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 the person that will, can help you become a pastor, you have, you have become disloyal to that person. And the person that now you are loyal to cannot get you anywhere. Anywhere. This, this person that I'm talking, I don't even know what the person's state is today. I don't know. And whenever I see this, I feel very sad. I, see very, I feel very sad. Be careful. Be careful. You see, these things, they are very spiritual. And sometimes, you see, there is the enemy that creeps in. Sometimes the enemy that creeps in. And we have to be very conscious of these things. Hallelujah. You have to be very conscious of these things. He says, it's your choice. His value to me will rise greatly if he was loyal to me rather than to the rest of the staff. Amen. The next one, good organizers and managers are valuable. Good organizers and managers are valuable. Amen. Amen. Your value goes up when you are able to control difficult people. Your value goes up when you are a good organizer, when you are able to control difficult people. And in my opinion, the key, in my opinion, that's my opinion, the key to controlling people and con organizing people is respect. The key to get people organized, to make people do what you want, is respect. There's a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, Rebuke not an elder, 
but entreat him. Let's read from the New Living Translation. 1 Timothy 5 and verse 1. It says, Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully. Do you see? Now, this is a, a, a letter that was written from Paul to Timothy. And it's advisory because the church was filled with older and younger people. And Timothy was a young pastor. And for him to successfully lead these people, this is the counsel that Paul gave him. He says, never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. As you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers with respect. Do you see? Not that you, you lord over them, but we are brothers. Brothers, why don't we do this? You see, sometimes even they are younger than you, but you talk to them as we are brothers and we want to organize this. He says, he says talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. The next verse he says, treat older women as you would your own mother. Treat older, older women as you would your mother. And treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sister. Respect. Do you see? Respect. That's respect. Treat. It's a very nice scripture. For every leader who is leading different age groups. Treat younger women with all purity. Purity. Don't be looking at their breasts. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Don't be looking at them with lustful eyes. Because you are a leader over them. Do you understand? Don't take advantage. Amen. Don't hold them inappropriately. Treat them with respect. She's younger than you, but treat her with respect. He says, treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Your own sisters. Treat them like that. Sometimes there are some people, they, because they are the bosses, you are walking, and the way they are looking at you, you know that it's very, they make you uncomfortable. I see that some people do that at a job. They look at some young woman, and I see the young woman is very uncomfortable. But you see, it's your boss, so you can't say much. And he has not touched you, so you can't go and also report as a sexual harassment. But you can still go and say that their eyes are harassing you. <laughs> Isn't that so? I think it's a law. I don't know very well, but I think it's a law. So I think that good organizers and managers, the key that they need is respect. If you have respect for people, you can get them to do anything that you want. You have to have respect for people. Treat people with respect. Amen. Sometimes you are a young person and we have given you something to be in charge of. Because you are in charge. Older people are around. Hey, hey, hey. Please, 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 enough, enough, enough. Why? Because we have given you this small work. Small work that they have given you. 
Treat people with respect. Treat people with respect. Amen. The next one. Your value, you are valuable when you are a contented person. You are valuable when you are a contented person. Hallelujah. Satisfied people are a joy to have around. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 6. Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 6. It says, better is a handful with quietness than to have two hands full of what? Wrath. Okay, we are ready. Okay, it's fine. It says, and yet, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. There are some people, they are not easy to have around. They are never happy. Amen. They are never happy. See, Moses had the difficulty of leading a discontented and grumbling crowd. Amen. Amen. You see, it's a blessing to lead happy people. It's a blessing to lead happy people. It's such a blessing when you have people around you who are happy. When people are discontented, you see, it's a very, you have no idea, you people, you don't know. When you are unhappy, it's a very awful environment to be in. You come around and you're the people around you, you have to be careful. Even if you are preaching, you're going here, you have to be, hey, this thing that is next, I don't have to come here. Otherwise, you see, people are unhappy, but you see, I am free. I can come here, I can come here, I can walk there, and I'm preaching. Amen. You are free. Amen. You have peace of mind. Hallelujah. When there are unhappy people in the church, you spend more time praying about them than even waiting on the Lord for the word. Oh, yes. I'm telling you. So I am telling you today that when you are discontented, I spend more time praying about you than I wait on the Lord for the word. Because you can focus. When they are unhappy people. Amen. He says, a, a worker who is happy with the little you can give is truly a valuable person. One discontented person can poison the entire workforce. See, that is why I spend a lot of time praying about you. Because when I see you are unhappy, I know that you are gathering forces around you. And they like to gather people around them. You see, they like groups. They like to call people. They call this one, and then they poison your mind. And they call. By the time you realize, they have a group of people just like them. You were just happy. Now this person just called you, and you are unhappy. Now, if you are also the person that a lot of people are calling and complaining about how unhappy they are about an issue, that means you are the problem. Listen very carefully. If a lot of people are calling you and they are complaining about this thing that they are not happy about, you are the cause of the problem. You are the cause of the problem. Never allow, if anyone says something and complains to you and they are not happy, quickly go to the pastor. Quickly go to the pastor and say, Reverend, this is what I heard. 
Let's handle it quickly. Don't be the source. Now you are the primary. It's like you are the focus. You have become the center of it all. Jesus are the center of it all. <laughs> Amen. You see, I am okay. You see, I am okay to come to them and then gather them around like this. And I'm free. I am okay to come here and gather and I'm free. But if there was an unhappy person in the church, then I have to be careful. But there's no unhappy person in this church. I said there's no unhappy person in this church. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. No unhappy person in this church. I say unhappy people like to form groups. He says such people love to be part of unions, strikes, disruption of work. He says such things are not needed in the church. We don't need such things in the church. He says get rid of discontented people. Send them off to get a better job where they will be happier. It is not worth having them around. It is true. It is true. When a discontented person goes out, the place is a very happy place. When someone who is unhappy, every time unhappy, you see them, they, whenever you see them in church, as if something, you never see them smiling. They are walking around, as if something, why? Oh. They don't say amen. We are all laughing and they are saying, what is funny about all of this? What is funny about all of this? What is funny about all of this? You see, now, if everyone is laughing and you alone, you are not laughing, something is wrong with you. You are not funny, you are funny. There's a difference. Amen. He says, send them off to get a better job where they will be happier. I think if you are not happy in a church, you are better off going to a place where you'll be happy. Because I tell you, when you leave, you make us happier. You see, I'm not driving you out of the church, but I'm trying to make you happy in the church. Be happy. Are you happy in the church? Yes. Your value increases when you can learn anything required. If you can learn anything that is required, I'm, we're trying to finish this chapter. So your value is increased when you can learn anything required. Amen. Amen. If you are rigid and unprepared to learn completely new things, you will be limited in your value. Since people who are prepared to learn new things are valuable. Amen. Amen. The next one, long-standing workers are valuable. People who have been in the church for a long time, they are valuable. Look, no matter how they are, they are very valuable. They come all the time. They are valuable. Amen. They are constant. They, they, they are encouraging. Amen. They are valuable. Amen. And always with time, we know who is a liar. We know who is a thief. We know who, who is... Who, who, we, with time, everything is exposed. Now, this is one of the reasons why, this is one of the reasons why, beloved, dosing for a long time is not a good idea. Do you understand? When you are, beloved, dosing for a long time, it's not a good idea. You are going on and on and on, and when are you going to marry? Oh, in June. 
and then June comes, and then you add another six months. Every six months, you are getting married. You see, the thing is this. We all have right foot and a left foot. Do you understand? Everyone has a right foot and a left foot. And when you are trying to get into a relationship, the foot that you bring forth is always the right foot. Do you understand? You always bring forth the right foot. It's not that the left foot is not there. But you are trying to build a relationship. (laughs) Do you understand? You are trying to build a relationship. And so the right foot must take out. Because that is what is going to get you the relationship. So you keep bringing the right foot. 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 And then the person says, oh, I like what I see. This is a nice sister. This is a nice brother. Let's get to the business. Let's get married. And then he puts the ring on your finger. And then he brings you home. And then you come. Ah, I am tired. Ah, I have walked on the right foot for too long. How long can I hop? Ah, then you bring the left foot. And then he says, hey, who is this? <laughs> he says, who, now who expected something different? And uh, <laughs> my trick you. Do you see? <laughs> Amen. Everyone, everyone has a right foot and a left foot. Everyone, including the pastor. So don't bring yourself. Have you not heard, not you, but have you not heard people, hey, I didn't know this how you were. Have you heard that before? I didn't know she was like this. I didn't know he was like this. this. So if you bring your right foot for a long time and the person is not putting a ring on, you get tired and then you just bring the left foot and then he cancel it. <laughs> he says, hey, I have not married you and look at what you... <laughs> something else was there. You are tired. You see, for how long can you keep talking? Oh, oh, oh honey, is that, oh, okay. You know, well, whatever you say, you know, if that is what you want, how long can you talk like that? Because that is not your normal. That is not the natural one. You know, how long? How long can you keep going? Oh, it's okay. Oh, honey, don't worry about it. Oh, me? Oh, anything goes. How long can anything go with you? How long? Anything goes. Every time, anything goes. It can only fall some time. It can't go on for too long. After a while, you say, no, 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 no. This thing must stop. This thing must stop. Uba worry, I worry. If you don't, take it. That means if you are marrying, marry me. If you don't want, leave. I'm tired. How long can I walk on one right foot? <laughs> you see, you get tired. That is why, beloved, dosing for too long is not good. It's not good. Marry quickly. The left foot, we know. The pastors are there. We will cancel you. We will cancel you. So marry. The man says he's ready. You say, here, quickly. Let's do the counseling. And let's get married. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't have time. Our time is over. 
Say spiritual, spirituality makes you valuable. Amen. It is always a blessing to work with spiritual people. Always a blessing to work with spiritual people than to work with unbelievers. Amen. It's different. It is a blessing to work with spiritual drummers, spiritual instrumentalists. It is a blessing. Unbelievers, as they are, they're just playing the drum, they're playing, they're sweating. They say, hey, <laughs> this thing. Their minds calculating hours. Always. If I was doing this in this church, they'll be paying me this. If I was playing, look how I'm sweating. You see? It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Anointed people are valuable. Anointed people are valuable. I pray that you all be anointed workers in the church. It's such a valuable thing to work with anointed people. Amen. He says an anointed person is a special person with the grace of God operating in his life. Such people have great value because the grace and wisdom of God makes them operate above human ability. The anointing makes people operate above human ability. Amen. And it's a blessing to work with anointed people. Hallelujah. The next one, it says, experienced people are valuable. When you have experience, they can tell how things are going to turn out. So they advise you, don't do it this way. They become valuable to you. Morality makes you valuable. Amen. And the higher you go in ministry, the deeper your safety pegs must be. When you get to the eighth floor, you, can, you, you, you say you lean on the balcony and you would want that the balcony is not cardboard. So your pegs should be very strong the higher you go. Morality is very important as you grow in the ministry. Amen. As you grow in the ministry, there are a lot of temptations and you need to resist them. Amen. One time, um, a very prominent pastor was sharing that as he was sharing in the church, as she is, he is standing in front of the church sharing, there's a woman that is sitting in the congregation in the chair like that and every now and then she opens her legs <laughs> and then she does that. When the pastor is looking at she opens her legs. You see? Very, very evil. Very evil. Very evil. Not afraid. May the Holy Spirit smite you like that. That you close, it will never open again. You will see. You will see. You think you have something to cause trouble. The Lord closes that forever. Then you will see. Next one, he said, working with excellence increases your value. Working with excellence. May you have the spirit of excellency. Amen. Amen. Now, your choleric personality makes you valuable. Hallelujah. He says that the choleric personality is that that will make you valuable in building up something from scratch. Choleric people are usually the best leaders, but not very good assistants. They can assist you. They are a very annoying assistants. Phlegmatic, he says, your phlegmatic personality makes you valuable. Phlegmatic people are stable workers and able to carry out monotonous jobs. But don't accept phlegmatism and be happy. Bishop said there are too many phlegmatics in the church. Young men, phlegma. What, are you, what is your personality trait? I'm phlegmatic. 
fully, double phlegmatic, phlegmatic, phlegmatic. Amen. But they, they are a blessing. They, they also have a value. Teachers are phlegmatic people, usually, because they do the same thing every year. Teach, constantly teaching is a very, very interesting job. I never thought about it. You understand? But that is what has made us all what we have become. Teaching the thing that he taught last year and five years ago. And it has also made us what we are. Teachers teach the same thing to make doctors. Do you understand? And so they are also valuable. Melancholic personality makes you valuable. Melancholic people are usually very gifted and very organized. They are usually thoughtful, contented, and deeply sacrificial. Says these people are often quiet and can work where privacy and secrecy is required. Your melancholic personality makes you a valuable person. And your sanguine personality makes you valuable. A sanguine, if you are a sanguine, you will not be useful for things which require much organization. Sanguines are not organized. They leave things all over the place. So you say, you say the scatterbrained sanguine, who is a disorganized person, is of no use with sensitive documents. You can't trust a sanguine with sensitive documents. You can't trust a sanguine with your medical records. By the time you realize she has left it in the church and she's gone. Do you understand? Yeah. You, they, you want to test for something and very private, you show it to your sanguine friend. You say, let me see. She reads it. By the time you realize she has finished reading and he has left it, she's gone. Amen. But it says that, it says, I value the sanguine people in my office. They have no replacement. All the melancholic and cholerics put together cannot make the contribution of one sanguine. You know, sanguines are people who make people very happy at a job or at a workplace. And you see, there was, there was a boss who had a sanguine. And every time he become very disorganized, very haphazard, and he fired her. And then when he fired her from the office, the production in the office went down. The production in the office went down. So he came to the office and asked them, what is happening? Because he realized that all the people were down in the office, not knowing that it was this sanguine who was keeping their spirit up in the, at, at the workplace. Making them laugh and they are always happy. They are always, they never call in sick. They would rather come to work than stay home and be miserable. Because the sanguine is there to make them happy. And production was high. Hallelujah. So your sanguine character and behavior and personality, it can make you very, very valuable. So he quickly went and called the person. He says, come back, come back. And he doubled his pay. Her pay. He says, I will pay you more to... He said, be in the office, mess the documents, mess the office, mess everything, but you just be there. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet as you bring the service to a close. Are you blessed tonight? Wonderful. Wonderful. Pray to the Lord. I don't know what part of this message that personally affects you, but you can increase your value in many of the areas that we have shared. Some of you have problem keeping secrets. You cannot keep a secret. 
if that is you, it decreases your value. It makes you less valuable. Pray that you'll be able to control the tank. Pray that you'll be able to control the tank. Some of you, you begin things, but you'll not bring it to an end. You begin a project, but you are not able to complete it. Pray that you'll be able to complete projects. If that will increase your value, then pray that you are a person that can complete projects. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Are you sendable? Are you sendable? Are you loyal? Loyalty will increase your value. Your loyalty will bring value to you. Your ability to stay loyal and remain loyal, it will bring value to you. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. When we walk, when we walk with the Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to do your will. Let us not be hearers of your word only. Father, we are tired of being hearers of your word. Let there be a change in our personality. Let there be a change in our character. Bring value in our lives. Bring truth in our lives. When we say something, let our word be true. Father, let us be sendable workers. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, help us. Jesus, but to trust and obey. Father, we are thankful tonight. We are thankful for your word. We thank you, Lord, for what you have shared with us throughout this season of our feeding 527. Lord, what a blessing it is to have a father that you have anointed to write all this, such wisdom, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that we are a part of such a church. Father, we pray against that voice. We pray against this loyal element. The things that remove us from the place where you have planted us. But Lord, may we continue to remain that we impart such wisdom into our lives. We thank you, Lord, that our value has increased. We thank you, Lord, that you have taken our value from one level to a higher level. We are grateful and thankful for all that you have shared with us in Jesus' name. If there's anyone here tonight, you are not born again, you want to give your life to Jesus, wherever you are, just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to come to Christ, you want to receive Jesus as your Savior. Anyone here like that. Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, that you lay down your life for us all. We thank you, Lord, by the shedding of your blood, we have come to be called the children of God. We thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated.
We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.